Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Hey guys, good morning. What's going on? Uh, I was actually going to do how to get out of bed. Then I was like, wait a minute, it's Saturday morning. And we over here having a whole bunch of conversation. If you have not risen just yet, and maybe you're going to catch this uh, on the podcast platforms, um, but we record them live over on our Facebook, right? And then I take the audio from that and I create the podcast. So um, I'm, I don't know, I'm a little bit disturbed by how this feels in my ear. I'm trying to like get my headset straight so I don't have to keep continuously moving it. And of lately, I've just been feeling like this one ear has been giving me some trouble. I've been laying here resting. The dog has been laying here snoring. And I've started really, really, truly reminiscing about Saturday morning. I can't stand out of my ear. I really started reminiscing about Saturday morning because when you look down the timeline and what we do on Buzz It or Bash It, if I haven't said, this is an episode of Buzz It or Bash It. Buzz It or Bash It is one of the call to actions that we continuously roll on uh, our timeline. And we've actually added another one called Binge It or Cringe It. And that usually has to do with um, something broadcast, right? Something that's broadcast, but whether it be television, radio, audio, video, um, and those kinds of things like watch it or not, you know, uh, binge it or cringe it and asking people how we're going to respond to it. So I'm going to talk a little bit about binge it or cringe it. Some of the things that we, some of the things that got us scrolling and trolling, that's what buzz it or bash it. And we try to give you a good 30 minutes, uh, just in case you are, you know, in the salon under the dryer. A lot of people don't really realize that dryer buzz has a lot to do with our salons and salon culture because it's a lifestyle where that's literally the one place where we're having a whole lot of discussion, a whole lot of debates. We get to go in, take off our masks. Because just imagine, ladies, you know, those of you who still go to the pros. We talk, we're talking about people who still go to the professionals, okay? And you're sitting there, and remember back in the day, like, they, they come to put the cape on, and they mess your hair up, they get started, right? And then you sit there for a minute, and then you're like, wait, it, but you literally, like, don't have your mask on. Um, and, but you get into some amazing conversations in the chair, in the barber chair, in the dryer, so, so forth and so on. This is where we would have all the conversation about what happened during the week. And so when we started Dryer Buzz, we were like, wait a minute, you know, the chef life of content in the salons and the barbershop is long. And so my goal and way back in 2002 was to develop this uh, glossy, uh, which pretty much was very much like a ebony jet kind of thing. Uh, in fact, that's where I did all of my research when I decided, oh man, I want to own a media outlet. I want to run and edit and, and, and media outlet. I want to tell stories. Um, and so we're going to talk about that because that's the buzzer of Bachelor too with some things that's going on with Ebony and Jet. Uh, the fact that it's pretty much probably about to go away. Uh, there's some things um, happening in the bankruptcy. But first thing I think that when people are scrolling, you the first thumb stopper right now is uh, not only the things that's going on with the immigrants in Mississippi, 
but let's just talk about our White House. And it's it's so interesting to me how we have a very different White House than we had before. Now, mind you, I there's so much I think I can understand. One, because social media is a place where everybody can be heard. Everybody, regardless of what they believe or what they subscribe to, they can find their tribe. They can find their audience. They can find their platform. They can find their soapbox. I mean, you can literally go out there and just say what it is you feel if you're brave enough to do that and be truly honest. Somebody's going to co-sign it. <laughs> Somebody's going to co-sign it. Somebody's going to say, I believe that too. I think that too. So lo and behold, all these people that believe that too got together and voted for Trump. Okay. Those of the Lord behold, those who said, I'm not quite believing that didn't actually go out and vote. So therefore we've been uh, subjected to Trump as a, as an oligarchy. <laughs> I know, right? It's supposed to be a Republic, but anyway, what we're witnessing in, in, in there's this photo that's uh, going around and it's Trump with, uh, and I'm just going to say the orphan. Can we just say the orphan? Because this, this baby has become the poster child for this administration, okay? And baby is subjected to, uh, become has become an orphan simply because of the hate that continuously resides in the hearts of Americans, okay? Not all, all our enemies, but simply the hate that resides in the hearts of Americans. And for those of you that for whom you just now looking through the lens and you just now seeing this, you just now experiencing this, right? It's, I, I, I want your life. It's for those of whom this is something so totally new, like you've never seen it come out of a White House before. You've never seen it come out of uh, anybody, any lawmaker. You've never seen it perpetuated in media. You've never seen it perpetuated in your neighbors. Okay, I want your life. Um, but there are those of us that know that this is something that not lies dormant in the hearts of Americans, but it is fully perpetual, fully practiced. Okay, Americans are by and large, not, uh, no, I'm sorry, Americans are by and small group um, hate. They, they, this hate has been there and it's there. And it's so funny because, it's not funny, it's, the irony of it is, is, People who feel that way, it's like they won't, it's like they could go somewhere. You know, they could clearly go back where they came from if we could ever figure out where it comes from because they've, they've um, denounced, you know, their heritage so much so that in subscribing and identifying as something called white, um, it's like that ties to nothing but hate. So anyway... So this picture of, you know, let me, let me say this and having, having had the experience of hosting, um, uh, a former president, there's a lot that goes into any moment a president sitting or retired has. Okay. Nothing is by happenstance. Nothing is immediate. Everything is plotted and planned, especially photo ops, right? especially photo ops. There's nobody even allowed to even get in a photo without having been scrutinized to some degree. Okay. Um, so this thing right here, first of all, I mean, and, and I hate having to say, okay, well, who do we truly blame? All right. First of all, we've got a president that does not have a heart. Okay. Forget the Grinch. Okay. This man does not have a heart. And the sad part is, is we watch and witness Trump as president, bring up 
my comments here. As we watch and witness Trump as president, you can't help but just go back and think about all these people who placated to this man over all these years. One that got him to the point that think that he should not only run for president, but that he actually won. And I'm not even mad that he won. I'm like, okay, four, you got your four years, you know, um, America will fix itself, you know. And in and, and four years, they, they go by like that, and it's a blip. But unfortunately, this is a person who gets to make some decisions where there could be repercussions of his four years in the White House from now on, uh, even though the next president can get in there and undo, just like he got in there and undid a lot of things of past presidents. You know, the next president can get in there and undo. But this thing with Trump posing uh, with, this, with this orphan, and, and I want to continue to say that with Trump posing, as this orphan, orphaned by the rhetoric spoken from the White House and from the position of leader of this world, leader of this uh, nation, a world leader, uh, caused this infant to become an orphan based on the hate the person who who called, who murdered his parents uh, spoke the same doctrine that comes out of our president. So when I look at this picture of our president standing there with thumbs up, to me that's a message to his base. That's to me, that's his, that's the dictatorship that he wanted. That's the dictatorship that he strived for. That's the orders that went out when he said, go down. I'm going to, I need to go there, go and find me something right now. I know from what I know and having hosted a former president, you know, the photo op is supposed to do a couple of things, right? Um, and, and if you notice Trump, when he first was elected, you know, he, even though he had to go in with under the votes of the hate mongers, uh, deep down, he, he, he keeps making, he keeps signaling that, you know, he keeps talking about this thing that's supposed to happen, that's supposed to unite, that's supposed to going to probably allow him to come back center from this far right business that he has to live with. Right. Cause if you look at, you know, who Trump, Trump hung out with, hung around and, 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 you know, his, 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 his life, uh, you know, the man loves applause and he doesn't care. He does not care who's applauding. And so he just looks for that. You know, he looks for the ratings. He looks for, you know, caring not much about, uh, you know, the president has, has a number you can manage, sir. And it's called an approval rating, but he goes more against the television ratings and news ratings and you know, things like that. Approval rating all aside, because I don't think he's ever uh, made any made any uh, gr- grounds, covered any ground in that area. So he he is waiting for this moment that's going to allow him to come back center. And we earlier in the week, he gave a um, written speech where he kind of denounced, you know, somebody had to literally write it down. And, you know, when they write these things down, it's very difficult for him to uh, read them. And, and let alone, Trump reads like a text message. Like, you can't, you don't know, you can't temper it. Like, what is he saying? Does he, care, does he know what he's saying? You know, you ever had those readers where, you know, they, there's no emotions. Like just, just, they're just speaking the words. They're, they're reciting the words and not necessarily meaning any of it. So he gave the speech in the week and we just kind of like said, start the clock and when he's going to contradict all that he's been told to say. Right. And lo and behold, he went to visit the orphan, the, 
the uh, victims of the Mississippi shooting, mass shooting, uh, of which we've had 259 by classification, 259. Other countries are like, what's a mass shooting? America is like, okay, we're up to 259, and we're not even at, I don't think we're even at 259 days. Somebody give me the math. What day is it of the year, right? Uh, but we're already at 259, meaning that there has been um, murders or shootings that have hit four or more, where there have been four or more victims. That is the classification of mass shooting in America. We have, we actually have a class uh, classification. Other countries, like, we don't have language for violence. Other countries are like, uh, no, you know, we have such penalties for people uh, having weapons, using weapons, because, you know, weapons exist, and America makes, America makes sure that every place on the planet has enough weapons in this thing called trade. But anyway... Uh, when where there where there are four or more victims is considered mass, and you know, and and that perpetrator has a certain distinct look, even though non-threatening people are um, over policed in this country, and the mass shooters, you know, mass shooters are on the docket, have previous arrests, prior incidents, multiple prior incidents, but yet they get to go and carry out heinous crimes, okay, even though they probably just left lunch with the authorities, okay, who have infiltrated into into the system. Anyway, okay, so let's go on. So this photo came out, and Trump, uh, two things. Either deep down, and I don't know how deep you can go with this man, either deep down Trump thought this picture was going, this photo op, was going to help him come back center from the far right, or it was just a clear message to his base. This is what, the, this is, we're winning. The, that thumbs up, the dictatorship is winning. I, I, that's what I felt like it was saying. I mean, I can't take it any other way that that was, that thumbs up, because we know the, the hand signs, apparently they've resorted to quote unquote hand signs, um, and therefore, and thus, and all that kind of stuff is that it was, Mr. President, thumbs up to dictatorship because that's what he wants. And I'm like, how do you, your wife is holding an orphan, an orphan child. Now, we've already seen how she frowns on the president, okay? But she's holding an orphan child. You guys are standing there smiling. The child is orphaned thanks to the rhetoric that has come out of the White House, that has been White House the administration's dictate day one, right? That's sad. That's sad. And people are waking up and trying to process this. It's like the more and more you look at the picture. I saw one um, one um, caption that said, the, and, and I hadn't even looked that close. It said the, the blank, the, the look on the baby's face and all the strangers, you know, does the baby know his parents would never return? Does the, it said, does the baby know this woman holding me is never going to return? The idiot standing next to her is never going to return. Uh, that they would then be placed in the hands of family members who obviously are not the best judgment because you were summoned and you brought the orphan to the dictator for a photo op can't be translated any other way. 
And the sad part is that people are out there trying to translate this thing. The man thumbs up all smiles with an orphan. I don't understand that. And the fact that we in 2019 have this kind of situation happening, and not only that situation happening, wait a minute, I'm sorry, did I say Mississippi? No, I'm sorry. I was talking, I'm, I'm confused. I don't know that I said it, but I was talking about, I know I was talking about the Mississippi situation as well. The week of events, it's like blurred lines, blurred lines. You, it wrap, and this is, the, this is the crazy part. When you look at the power, not power, what do I want to say? When you look at the, the like say for instance, the raid, you had a raid on a chicken plant on undocumented workers, but yet you don't use that kind of resources to go after people you know are plotting. Like these people are just trying to survive, but yet you use those kinds of resources. You can go, you can go round up 680, I believe it was, workers, but you can't go and round up two and three who caused mass mass murder this week. Like, you don't have the resources for that. You don't, and you, But you, people you know are getting ready to, who are plotting, who are get, gathering arsenals, you, but you know this. You have the intel on this, and you know that on this day or even today, tomorrow, next week, next month, you know that they're plotting and planning. And you can't, and you can't, you don't do anything to stop that. But yet you go and you go to a place where people are, what in the world is, un, I, I'm, I'm trying to understand, undocumented, okay, workers, which means people who are, Getting paychecks in some form or fashion. I'm like, 600. That's a lot of people to be undocumented all in one place, going to work every day, and then to do it on a day when they have sent their children to the first day of school. Talk about the trauma that from this point on education is going to have for them. The trauma of I got up, smiling parents excited going to the first day of school, knowing that they have endured, and that's the thing, all that they have endured to bring their children to a land, good morning, uh, Tachi, all that they have endured to bring their children to a land, quote unquote, this American dream that everybody seems to be buying into, their kids, they get dressed, they go off to school. Now, we all know that's a moment. If you have a child, don't have a child, live in a neighborhood, saw a school bus, drove past the school, that's such a moment, that first day of school, every year, first day of school. And this is what you make of it. Think about that trauma. And then, and then, especially even after a week where we have had to endure these shootings, when people are already scared, because one of the things that comes out about the shootings is that when they are defining and studying and researching these mass shootings, it is said that they oftentimes, they, ha- they happen in places where it is most unlikely uh, to receive return fire. So people are already fearing for their children and out there buying bulletproof 
backpacks. There is a company that is making and selling, and I don't even think it says, it said bullet resistant. I don't think it's, they're not even using the word bulletproof. I think they're using bullet resistant or something. The language on the on the backpack is interesting, right? I'm I'm thinking, who would buy that? And why would you buy that? Why would you have a need for it? Why would you send your child into a situation like that? Well, one, it's the law. They gotta go to school unless you go to homeschool, right? And and I'm I'm just like, this is our week. This is our week. Our week ended with the dictator, wannabe dictator, posing with an orphan whose parents had been murdered thanks to this rhetoric. And then you use, instead of resources to end this kind of violence, you use their, all the resources, budgetary items, staff, all that, all the resources to go and raid a chicken plant. You go and round up 600 people whom you know are here. Undocumented they are, but you know they're here. You know where they are, but you also know where the mass shooters are. You also know where the killers are. You also know where the, the hate is. You also know where the people who are, who, are, who are gathering arsenals, building compounds. I'm like, this, this thing, it does not make sense. But yet, you're sitting there all smiles and hopeful that this image is going to allow you to come back center because you've gone so far with the crate with the with the right you've gone so so far to the right you are out there telling people who who work in the white house staff trying to find you a moment that you can come back center so they give they write you a speech you give this speech and people go like oh he's trying and i'm like he's gonna and me i'm like he'll he'll contradict it in a matter of hours in a matter of hours, and boom, there we go. This man is posing thumbs up with an orphan, orphaned by the White House, orphaned by White House rhetoric of hate. Make America great again, which if you change the G sound to the H sound that it is, it's make America hate again. That's where we are. All right, that was one, that was one. Wait a minute. There was, I just got a message from somebody I need to look into. Okay, and then the other thing, can, how do I don't even know how to move on. I don't even know in Buzz of the Bastard this Saturday morning how to even move. I need to move on because I want to give you guys something else, to, something else to, to talk about. But you know, but here and here's my thing: if you are out here on a Saturday morning, I'm mad. If you are out here on a Saturday morning, going somewhere, anywhere, buying a case of water gonna go donate it somewhere i'm i'm so i hate you right now i i can't even y'all um, can we talk about what the global society thinks of americans y'all please stop please stop please stop don't don't buy and i i know people get upset don't buy another case of water okay first of all all that plastic put it spreading all that plastic around the universe is like uh-uh stop just stop. Don't don't buy another case. Well, have y'all seen these pictures coming back from, uh, I think, Puerto Rico and some other places? And it's just like sitting there, all this plastic. Look, they, they need to now take this plastic and start building buildings and all that kind of stuff because it's not going anywhere. But what I want to talk about is why do we think that's some kind of empathy? One of the things I heard, 
I was listening to an uh, interview yesterday, and this gentleman said, uh, they were in- interviewing, like, what are people doing for the kids? When the, when, the, when the raid happened, when the raid happened, and they thought about, you know, okay, there's 600 people, and I think half of them have, have been uh, returned. I think over half uh, have been returned and been told, this is what you need to do, whether it's going to be a path to citizenship or deportation. Uh, here's what needs to happen. But they're back home. Now they're afraid to leave the house. They're not coming out of the shadows. Kids are not going to go to school. That That's done, right? And the chicken plant is probably uh, running on a, on a, on a, on a uh, skeletal crew right about now. But there was this organization, and this is what makes you mad about these organizations, because as citizens, we give millions of dollars to these organizations. And I'm mad every time I see them go buy a truckload of water. Okay, in plastic bottles. I'm like, uh-uh, that gets on my nerve to no end. So this guy was on the radio, and, and they were asking, first of all, you're on the radio. So you're on the radio doing a publicity stunt. So obviously, and I, you know, it was a publicity stunt. Because what's going to happen is they're going to appeal to the sensitivities, and people are going to go make a lot of do- donations to these organizations. But then they were like, well, what are you guys doing for the kids? And he's like, well, you know, we're going we're gonna to take coloring books and water. These kids don't want no damn coloring books and water. Take that money and go put it towards the legal defense fund. I'm like, if y'all show up with these damn cases of water, because all you're doing, first of all, send them the money, okay? Let them, if they need water, let them buy the water where they are so at least you will impact the economy there. Sending in, loading up all these trucks of water, going places, get on my last nerve i can't i can't stand it i literally cannot stand it first of all i'm like and 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 then like the when, when you make the donations of the perishable foods and things like that like it's we it's it's fall fall is here i know we, it's still hot it's still summer fall is coming and everybody's getting ready to start making the donations for the food banks and all that for the holiday food can you think about, and we know it's Im, we, immigrants, immigrants, we got to think about immigrants as part of this, okay? They don't know how to cook no daggone stovetop. Stop, okay? Stovetop, whoever, who is the makers of this stovetop? Because I'm pretty sure they, they meet their budget every year by all these cases of damn stovetop y'all buy. Don't nobody know how to cook that stuff, right? The, in fact, I saw a post just yesterday, the war on... Uh, calling it dressing or uh, stuffing has already started. Don't nobody know how to cook. It's a bag of bread. It is, when you open, it's a box with a bag of bread and, and some dried herbs, okay? And you put it in some broth on a pot. Uh, like, people, hung, hungry people are global. They don't, know, don't nobody know how to cook that stuff? Stop it. With that, don't, 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 not this year. Uh, sue me, I'm just saying. Stop it. And I don't understand why are we still on non-perishable? Because if I'm hungry, you think it's going to sit around? Why are we still giving non-perishable food? If I'm hungry, you think it's going to sit around? You think it's going to sit on the shelf? Why are we still giving non-perishable? Shout out to, um, I was trying to make it by the live stream the other day, but I saw... There was something, oh my God, I got to find the name of it. They, they had perishable food, food you need to eat 
like right now, fresh, it was fresh produce too. Of course, Choices Kitchen, which we partner with, it's a box of croutons, Tati, thank you. It's a box of croutons, right? But um, two organizations, I found a second one. One I found, I, I was looking for organizations that give out fresh produce. You know, we started uh, live streaming with Choices Kitchen when they were out. They just recently had, for their back to school, they gave fresh produce. Um, and then there was one I saw the other day. Man, they were posting like crazy. Like, listen, y'all, this just came in. We need volunteers. It was like tomorrow. We got to give this food out tomorrow. They had avocados. They had tomatoes. They had onions. They had, they had all this fresh food. Guess what? That immigrants eat. Okay? They had all of this fresh food that immigrants eat because they eat fresh. Right? They might work at the chicken plant, but they eat fresh. So look for um, um, ways to go and volunteer with organizations. That non-perishable, I don't know where that came from. And I know it came from the Depression era because they would give you like so much of it. And it was in these cans and these boxes and things like that. And, you know, you might not have had ways to store it. But if I'm hungry, it's, it, I'm going to eat it like now. I'm going to eat it this week. I'm going to prepare it today. So we need to start, start supporting uh, fresh and stop buying cases of plastic water. Okay, just stop. That's not empathy. That's not sympathy. Uh, it's got to be packed on a truck. It's got to be trucked in. And you're not supporting the company. Because the first thing in any area that has been hit by anything, the first thing you need to do is to support that economy. So you need to make, go ahead, is that $2.99 if given to an organization who already is getting, they don't have to pay any taxes how they spend the money. And they're already getting a better, a better deal on price. It's better that you donate that $2.99. I know you want to feel good putting cases of water in your trunk and going in and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But that's like a Trump photo op. So here's what I want you to think about every time you go buy somebody a case of water. I want you to feel like Trump. I want you to think of Trump and the, and the orphan. You're trying, to, you're trying to be a dictator. Think, I mean, I'm, I'm starving. I, I've suffered great loss. And you want me to, you, you're talking about drinking a bottle of water? Yeah, I'm thirsty. Yeah, I'm dehydrated. Right? But this organization... Is, is about to give me a stipend where I have some place to live, have some place to stay. It's going to give me a stipend where I can shop and feed my family, what I know how to prepare. And it's not about being, it's not, don't even think about it about being ungrateful or anything like that. It's not. But when you give an organization $2.99, you and your neighbors give an organization $2, that $2.99 becomes thousands. It becomes millions. And too many of these organizations, they're operating budgets out surpass what they can do, the work that they can do. Many of them are right now, this weekend, this Saturday, today, they're at hotels and they're talking about the needs that are in their community at the grassroots levels. Now, they've got all of these corporations have given them hundreds of thousands of dollars to go off and have these annual conventions and these receptions, these parties, these dinners, these, these lunches. They rented out all the ballrooms. They're going from one ballroom to the next ballroom. And they're speakers now on this panel and they're talking about all the problems that they have. And these companies, you know, because they get to see their, their names, their, their brand on, up on the marquee 
and this, that, and the other, and in the press releases, and, and, and on, in the interviews, the radio, the television interviews, you know, they've given them all the money for that. Hundred, I mean, like hundreds of thousands of dollars for the reception, millions of dollars for the dinner, you know, and all of that. But then when that organization, you know, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you um, per, per diem, you know, to travel, you know, we'll pay for your whole, I can't tell you how many people have called me and say, oh, we'll pay for the hotel room. I'm like, bump the hotel room. I don't need to stay overnight, right? I need to come back and do the work. I'll drive up. I'll drive back. Even if I have to fly up, fly back, forget the hotel. I need that in the budget so I can come back and actually do the work. When I tell you what the problem is, you know, they'll give you hundreds of thousands of dollars to tell you what the problem is and to get the data, but then you can't come and do the work. You got to come back now that you got, you're going to go off to a a hundred million dollar convention, but then you got to come back and get the volunteers to do the work. You got to go out and ask the community to go buy some bottled water. I mean, if you forget the convention, you can go and build a whole water treatment plant. Okay, if you forget the conventions, a Flint will have fresh water right about now. I'm just saying, if you forget the convention, all the hundred million dollar conventions is happening every weekend throughout this summer. All of them, hundred million dollars. Um, it, it costs a hundred million dollars. I've got the press release. I get the press release every year. You know, this organization is going to uh, city A X Y and Z, and we're going to infuse a hundred million dollars. Into the, into the economy while we're there for the week. And then all the organizations come back and you're like, okay, well, you've taken all our, our problems, you know, to the panel. What are we going to do? Well, we don't have the budget for that. And then they want to know, well, we need some volunteers. We need, we need some volunteers to hand out all the water. I'm like, well, can't you pay them to hand out the water? Well, you know, we spent all the money at the convention. I've been saying this forever. And let me tell you, there's only been one organization that said, well, she might be right. Can we meet every other year? One, one organization has decided to meet every other year. And one, or, let me see, what was the other one? Um, meet every other year. And I think, I think that was Reverend Sharpton's organization. Because y'all know I had his ear for a minute. But double check, double check, because they may have gone back. Because we're talking about budget. But all of these organizations, all of them, particularly historic black organizations, particularly historic black organization, go to their, go to their convention page, click on the sponsor link, click on the sponsor link. And you'll see they charge a hundred thousand dollars sponsorship to have a reception, a reception y'all, you know, and email, let me tell you, I, I love going to a good reception. I love an open bar. I love some good hot hors d'oeuvres. I love people walk through them pass plays. It's good. But then when we but then we sit down and we say, well, listen, we need a community center here. We don't have that. We don't have that. It's not in the budget. You know, we need we need more than volunteers. We need people on staff. We need people doing the work. Talking about mental health. Everyone wants to talk about mental health, right? Now they want to talk about hate is a mental health. It is a mental health because I mean, you literally hating something that truly has not been your experience. Right. You don't even have a life that has that many immigrants around you. You don't even have to live around a whole bunch of black people. Most of us don't even have to live around a whole bunch of white people. I'm sitting here right now. I don't even have to deal with white people today if I don't want to. I mean, literally, I live in Atlanta. I live. No, I'm sorry. We, we had this discussion. We're having this discussion right now. I live outside Atlanta. I ask people I'm like, how do you describe where you live? Most people say outside Atlanta. I live outside Atlanta. Okay, 
So the mental health part of it is the fact when you talk about anxiety and depression, anxiety and depression means you're dealing with something that has not yet happened. Either it's happened and they a damn thing you can do about it. That's depression. Or it has not yet happened. That's anxiety. So a person, a mass shooter, it has not been, he, he is, and he was anticipating a takeover. That has not yet happened. That's, yeah, so hate is a mental health issue. It's a mental health issue. Somebody's going to take your job, but have they taken your job? Because, I mean, you could be over there at the chicken plant. So I don't think they've taken your job. That what they did was that company took your wage and reduced it to the point where you couldn't make it make sense. So, you know, I mean, it's displaced anger. It's displaced hate, if anything. And most of us have that. You have that. Yeah, that's a mental health issue. But the way to deal with your mental health is not to go and raid them. (laughs) It's like, it's displaced. All right, so anyway, in, in buying water, buying water is displaced empathy. Buying water is displaced sympathy. All right, so I'm going to always and forever hate on your water post. All right, you know, y'all go fill up the car with water and act like y'all going to make a donation. And I'm that person on there. I was like, what the hell you do that for? I'm like, especially if I see you got like $2.99, which is the average water sale. And then you go and buy 10 cases. Okay, that's like, it's like, make that donation. Do you know what an organization would do? If you and five of your friends walked in with a 30 to $100 donation, do you know what that would do for an organization? For their, I'm talking for their street budget, not for their operating budget, right? Because, and make sure you give it in a sense. Like you go to church, you have to give it to the building fund and they only use it for the building fund. You know, the pastor don't get to pay the car note. I'm just saying. When you go and make that donation, make sure it's earmarked for that. And most of, most places with, who are asking for donations, they do allow you to earmark that. And I know you want to buy the water because it's like, you know, when you go to pay your child support, you're so worried about whether she's going to get her nails done. That's how you should feel about buying that water. And I know you want to buy the water because you feel like if you gave them a donation, they wouldn't do the right thing with it because that trust level is as low as Trump's trust level. The job was not his to begin with exactly. That's the thing. Claiming that's that's a mental health issue. Claiming ownership on something that's not even yours, uh, such as America. Okay, America to begin to begin with. So the only way I can make an help help you make an immediate decision to change. Because we sit here waiting, like trying to figure out what's going to change Trump. Well, beyond Trump, the only way, the quickest way I know you can make an immediate change is don't go this weekend, okay? There are those that are rushing out to donate blood. There are those that uh, are doing other things, some other things. Don't buy no, don't buy no water. Don't buy no bottle of water, okay? I, I mean, you're going to go, you're rushing a Burger King, eating a plant-based uh, burger, but then you're going to go buy a bunch of plastic and put it in a community that's already, come on now. You got to learn how to make this stuff make sense, right? Uh, and then you're like, well, what if I get to get stopped? Give the money. Give the money. Even if the organization, a friend of mine used to say this all the time, even if the organization steal every dime, they only stole $2.99 from you. 
And most of these organizations are not stealing your money. They are doing the work. And, and even to be able to feed the volunteers, I was at one event and they had volunteers. And you know what they were able to do? They were able to feed their volunteers. And, and I, I was like, oh my God, that's, that's amazing. Do you know that is amazing? Because most people who, who volunteer, they volunteer because they have been in the position of the people of which they now want to serve. They've experienced these things firsthand. So to see this particular organization, um, when, when, in fact, I was there volunteering because I'd been in those positions before. And then they were like, volunteer lunch is now served. We're like, what? You know, because most people do it for the T-shirt, right? But wait, we get lunch too? You get lunch, you know, here's a gift card. You know, I went to uh, volunteer uh, at a youth. You guys may have seen it. I was a writer's workshop for the youth, right? And I'm like, I'm going to give them my time because, you know, I get to charge people a lot of money teaching them how to write books and blog and tell their story and do, uh, do their marketing. You know, I'm going to go and now tell kids how to get started with this stuff early. And lo and behold, walked out of there with a wonderful lunch and a gift card. I was like, unexpectedly, because I didn't ask. I'm like, no, I love this particular county. I grew up in this particular county. And I know how many people poured into me. I wouldn't be who I am without it, without that person getting up on their weekend and coming and pouring into me. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to give back, right? And then the give back was appreciated and rewarded. And so that's when I say, don't go buying all that bottle water. And I know stores are like, that's why they got all them cases out there. Because you go thinking that stores, no. And, and try and start giving to organizations who, who will accept perishable food because it's fresh, just like you need fresh, you need fresh, um, and so forth. People, it's not going to go bad. It's not going to go bad because if I'm hungry, I'm going to use it right now. And it's, it's a Saturday morning that we're talking about this. There are organizations out there. And if, you have, if you're out riding around in your neighborhood and you see an organization having a food drive and so forth, please post it because there are people who are on our timeline. Our neighbors need it. Okay. So I remember, was it maybe two years ago? I spent the summer. I'm like, I'm just going to get up and rock the neighborhood. I was able to find enough stories. And this is how drivers got started. Uh, just in the neighborhood, there were so many stories right here in my own neighborhood. Um, because you know, while it's easy now with, with social media and the internet to learn what's going on around the world, like we can talk about what's going on in El Paso and, and Mississippi. Well, I'm concerned because just 30 minutes down the road is another chicken plant. Okay. Cause I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I know when I, uh, when I take a commute into the city, I'm riding right next to the chicken truck and you know, you're next to the chicken truck cause you can't breathe. You like, wait, what is that? It, and it's coming up behind you and gets right beside you. And Lord, don't let it get in front of you. Cause then you spend your entire commute behind the chicken truck. And that's not a nice commute. I'm just saying, like, well, where are they coming from? See, we, all of this stuff is happening around us. And see, what happens is when your neighborhood sees you get all up in arms, you're running out there because you're sending everything down at El Paso. When then you realize, wait, there have been 259, 200, we ain't got but 50 states. And it's been 259 mass shootings 
All of them have not made it on the television. See, when you drove past all of them first responders, you know, when, when, when all lanes were blocked and this, all those first responders, you couldn't get to the grocery store because all those first responders, that was a mass shooting. It's just your news agency didn't come to your community, right? All of that. That's fantastic, she says. Uh, you know, so all of that, 259, y'all, classified mass shootings in America. Well, it's Saturday now. Hell, it could be more. Um, Friday night, you know, that's what my Friday night right here. Uh, like, let me just go and take it on the bed, you know, because, and in fact, the minute I laid down, once somebody posted, if you're going out tonight, be careful. Police are out everywhere. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to keep it on chill. I'm going to keep it on chill, even though I really wanted to go out because I really wanted, again, to support my neighborhood and my community. And I'm like, you know, but I've been, I've been running, running, running for the past two days. I'm like, let me just go ahead and get rested. So I know, buzz it or bash it, buzz it or bash it. Um, let me know what you think about that. We, we've got to rethink a lot of this stuff. And it's not even about rethinking it. Th- there are some people who are in the know that just need to say what's going on and what's happening. Um, as far as quote unquote leaders, you know, again, it's the weekend. All of our leaders are off at whatever national convention is happening right now. They're talking about these things. They're telling, I think as a matter of fact, um, the national association of black journalists, uh, had their convention this week. They probably are wrapping up today. And those are the ones that are the, the, the behold, they behold the stories. They behold the stories and are the stakeholders. And, and there were some things, some, some things that happened this week so that they could have some celebratory, ceremonious um, celebrations at, at their convention. But they meet every, they, they, they have an annual, but every single day we have an issue with how our story is being told. Think about that. We have an issue. The people who have the worst narratives in news has an association by which we could talk with a press association. You can't turn on the television without seeing the negative narrative against us. You know, 259 mass shootings and you can't turn on the television every day and figure out what's going on. Uh, yeah, they are here in Miami. So, the, the NABJ is in Miami, she's saying. And go, go to the NABJ page, click on the sponsor link, and see how much that convention costs. And then, and then go over on the scholarship page and see how much went out. Because, you know, all of this stuff, everything is tied to a scholarship. See how much is raised in scholarships. And then see how, and see how much. Go and look for, go and look for a funding link that will fund um, um, black um, news. Because you know what? Because I think um, somebody posted the other day, I think we lost another two, two black publications. Go and see if there's a funding link for black publications. Go and see if there's a funding link for um, um, fellowships, and I'm pretty sure there are. But, but when, you click, when you click through on the link, see where the landing page takes you, okay? Keep on clicking. Click the link. If there is a link, Tati, if, if there is a link, see where the landing page takes you and what some of the top foundations are who support these things, right? 
Um, when you hear, when you out there, you're hearing about our young people getting millions of dollars. One, I just saw one where young men, 33 schools, umpteen thousand hundreds uh, of dollars uh, in scholarship and what those foundations were. There was also a story just recently in the news about found. Oh, I, I, I actually, I'll tell you, I was interviewed um, in this latest term with Ebony about their archives. Um, being bought by foundations, and I was contacted and interviewed because since day one of blogging, you know, I've let everybody know it's like you know I was trying to be the next Ebony with Dryer Buzz. I'm like I want to be the next Ebony and Jet, right? So I've I've dialogued about what's going on within that organization um, for all of my life, right? All of my publishing life. And so I was interviewed about what I thought, what I thought about the archives going to these foundations. And I said, well, you know what? Foundations have been the bedrock uh, to saving our culture. And foundations are important because, and, and oftentimes these foundations are not black foundations, but because this group of foundations was able to come together and purchase the archives of Ebony and Jet, which was on, on auction because of their bankruptcy, um, it means a good thing because the majority of that those archives will go to the uh, Smithsonian African American Museum, which is amazing. And it, 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 at the same time, it's amazing that Johnson and Johnson didn't have a foundation that would build a museum dedicated to their archives and something that would reside in Chicago, because Chicago is is where Ebony and Jet has resided all the time, started and founded and so forth. And uh, it, there should be something in Chicago, you know. And one of the questions I was asked about why their transition to digital uh, wasn't what it should have been because they should have they should have been able to really make their mark in digital content and they were not. And so go out there and check it. It's out there on the timeline. We can get your scroll on and you'll find it. Uh definitely shared it. And I'm, I'll probably reshare it. Um, and it's definitely something we're going to keep an eye on what's happening with Ebony and Jet. But not only that, uh, I saw again a post this week talking about three other publications that were going digital. Now, mind you, we approach everybody. <laughs> Hear me when I say this. Before, and one of the reasons I started Dryer Buzz Simply because in, in Y2K, prior, prior to Y2K and beyond Y2K, we approach everybody. When I say we, I'm talking about me, <laughs> okay, and whoever was willing to come aboard at that time and went out like a town crier like Paul Revere saying digital is coming. Y2K, right? We're talking about 1999, 2000. I started Dry Buzz in 2002 because I just spent probably five years approaching everybody about digital was coming uh please allow me to help you know you transition or start a digital and and everybody was like no no thank you no thank you we're not interested i'm talking about cbs i'm talking about national television all those television stations all the radio stations all the newspapers particularly black newspapers all the magazines, particularly black magazines, right? Because, you know, we, we, you have to resort to the fact, okay, I'm black, they're black. Maybe they'll understand. Nope. Uh-oh, we got to stop. We got to restart. Hold on. All right, we had to stop and restart. Maybe this may continue. It may start a, a part two. But anyway, we, we were talking about Y2K and, and going digital and why 
we are still getting notification that black press is um, some of them are just now in t- approaching 2020 and thinking digital. Others are just calling it quits, right? And so it's been a demise. And, and it is often said, you know, if mainstream is experiencing this, then, you know, minorities are experiencing it on a level of pneumonia, right? Uh, life support. So as many of them, as many of them are on life support. And the sad part is they're on life support at a time when there is an absolute renaissance. I was watching, I shared a, um, um, a interview just yesterday, Jarrell from When They See Us did an interview and I think it was either Variety or the Hollywood Reporter. I've been following a lot of the Hollywood Reporter and Variety because they understand digital. Okay. But they had an interview with him and you know what we have not seen on the digital level is I can't give you, I can't even begin to share with you on the digital level an interview about when they see us from black press. And I'm, with the exception of new digital, okay, post 2000, right? Um, I shadow and act, you know, they're digital, but in shadow and act, uh, joined a larger network and they, they finally uh, came back as a standalone, but there were some time period, they were part of the time period there. They ended up rather than, uh, facing their own demise, joined a larger network. And then of course, you know, when you join a larger network, they're like, okay, you got to change up the narrative. You know, you got to pub, you know, you can continue. We're going to allow you to continue to publish, you know, about black stuff, but you know, the whites got to put the white savior in there. And I don't know if that was totally the case, but they're now standalone again, but shadow and act, um, does a great job on that. And of course, always have been real, real TV, R E E L. And always, um, there's a couple others. Oh, I'm, I'm skipping my mind. It'll come back. But anyway, so I say that to say that there's such an amazing renaissance that's happening right now. And I don't understand why Ebony, even Essence, you know, Essence, they got the Essence Festival. But I don't see y'all sharing a lot of Essence content. And I see your timeline. I don't see y'all sharing a bunch of Essence links, right? And and it's out there, but I don't I don't see these things happening. I don't see it down, going down the timeline every day. And we are absolutely in the middle of a, a black renaissance, okay, um, of content. And n- what was the one trend before when they see us um, television-wise, uh, not t- broadcast-wise? There was another one before that, uh, even with Black Planet, you know, the, some of the best interviews we got from Black Planet, we had to go to mainstream sources to get those. Uh, and not only that, Shadow and love Shadow and that. Yes, not only that during the Obama period, Obama's time in the White House. You know, that was the resurgence of the Renaissance, and you couldn't go every day. You literally could not go to a Black publication, even Black America Web, uh, uh, which is uh, part of um, um, Radio One. Inter- in- what is it? TV one, one international one, um, black planet, you know, which is now part of that. Um, you couldn't go to those sources and get, and get your thrill along with, with uh, black Panther, you know? So there is an amazing Renaissance that's happening. And these publications, not the first of all, drivers is not even there, uh, as a website, you know, we decided, listen, digital 2020, is all about 2020 is going to be different. I don't, websites, you know, apps, apps are still apps are a thing somewhat. Um, 
but I, I email, I'm just saying, because when you think about archives, when you think about the archives, we lost our archives. In fact, our archives are being held for ransom. And I'm not paying it. I'm like, hey, you know, we were everywhere. We have, we have content everywhere. There's no need for me to pay this ransom that GoDaddy is wanting. I'm like, no, y'all, y'all switched up your business model. I don't want, I'm not even dealing with that. You know, they, they about as bad as a hacker. And I'm like, nope. But you know where the archives was? In email. All those email newsletters that we sent out for the past 17 years. Thank God I paid for, uh, and I think I probably will go renew my um, email. What is that? that what is that thing? Uh, terabyte and all that kind of stuff. Um, I was, when I was looking for some archives, I was looking for some content that I needed to republish. And I found it in email because all these different platforms, they come and they go and they tell you, you know, when this platform is going to fold, you got to come get your content or we're moving your content over here. We're moving it over there. Oh, it's going to cost this, that, and the other. I'm like, man, I was a 16 year customer there and you want me to pay, I I done paid you this, that, and all this money. And now you want me to pay you, uh, I think it was like $150. For us, I'm like, that's crazy. Who, what are y'all doing over there? No, no. Thank God I had taken my best work and converted it to videos and put it on YouTube. Some of my best pictures, pictures that I've taken over the years. So, so I understood. This is why in that interview I was as passionate as I was. I was talking about the Ebony Archives because as a blogger for 17 years, you know, that was always my concern. You know, wait a minute, these archives, because um, I can't remember what year it was, but there was a year when uh, the internet flipped and all that old school coding we used to do on websites, you know, it was, it no longer functioned. And I'm not talking about Y2K. So we ended up already having to start over, I think somewhere around 2000, I want to say seven or eight, there was a, there was a change in HTML or something that caused us to lose uh, the content. Some of it is still there in some of those cache, those sites that cache everything. So you, it's still out there. You can go and find it. And this is why I'm looking at GoDaddy like, y'all must be out y'all mind because, you know, there are, uh, when you post something online, when you go and post something on your Instagram, there are like a thousand million sites that post, that grab your content, okay? Put a bunch of ass on it and run it, right? All this AI bots and all that kind of stuff. So, and you out here, you mad because somebody shared your post and it didn't put your name on it or they didn't put your name on it or they screen captured it or whatever. And you mad, you never going to speak to them again. But the very minute you posted it, you know, a million sites made money off of it doing their own thing, right? All of this stuff, it happens. So that's a, that's a, that's a part, that's a part of this, but you know, if you are curating content out there, whether, whether you, wherever you're putting it, uh, if you're, if you haven't started a tech closet and you got all your hard drives and you're not buying all these cloud space and paying for all this stuff net, you know, you should be worried about, um, your content. And I know for me, when the, some of the interviews that I did over the years, the photos that I took, like, you know, my Muhammad Ali photos, thank God, 
thank God, thank God, thank God, I moved them to every phone that I had, that I have them, uh, I made them put them in the video, put them in a screen, screen, um, a screen slideshow, put them on YouTube, put them on all these different platforms, um, because that's something that, you know, I always have. And not only that, there are others, you know, um, especially at a time when we're losing so many greats, life goes on. Uh, we're losing so many greats that I'm able to go back to these archives. Like, say, for instance, if you check on the post, I shared a post this morning, um, Forrest Whitaker is getting ready to come out in a 10-episode series, Buzz of the Bastard, Binge of the Cringer. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is moving on from some of this other stuff. I wanted to talk about this. Is getting ready. He has taken on the role, the persona of uh, Ellsworth Bumpy Johnson. And that's going to air. It's put out by something called Epics, E-P-I-X. That's where the trailer is. And it's going to be a 10-episode series. Now, I wonder if, if, if it's going to land on one of these platforms. And I was looking at all the content. I couldn't see where it was going to end up. we got to find out. But it's a 10-episode series. I wonder if it's gonna, they're going to put all the 10 episodes or if something we're going to have to watch one episode. I, I hate when they give you like all of it because you know you're going to watch all of it in one sitting, right? And then you want to talk about it. You got to go out there with the no-spoiler people because it takes them weeks to watch stuff. But 10 episodes, you know I'm going to be all in. My connection to the Bumpy Johnson story, let me tell you that, is that I, being that I was out here blogging so early on, 10 years ago, when Denzel Washington uh, movie, when Denzel Washington took on the persona of Frank Lucas, who we just lost this year, uh, Frank Lucas, and it had a Bumpy Johnson storyline. Bumpy Johnson's late widow, Mrs. Mamie Hatcher Johnson, wanted to refute um, the life and stories and tales of Frank Lucas saying that um, that the movie, while some of it was Frank's lifestyle, they felt like these movies, she wanted to refute the movies because the movies um, take on so many liberties. And so it prompted her to, because, uh, you know, there were other, like um, um, Fishborn, Lawrence Fishburne had, Fishborn, how do you say his name? Lawrence Fishburne had also played Bumpy in the Bumpy Johnson movie. Uh, and there were some others, you know, and in any gangster movie, they always talk about, you know, the, the godfather of Harlem. You had a godfather in Harlem. You had a godfather, you know, in Chicago. You know, you had to, uh, now that there's this other movie out there, this other uh, documentary out there, the godfather, you know, and I'm like, when you talk about, when you start calling people godfather, okay, that's a whole lifestyle. So um, they had sent out a press release, you know, that, hey, she is, she wanted to refute the movie. Uh, that she was going to uh, publish her own book about her life with Bumpy Johnson. And I was one of those publications that said, hey, listen, would she be willing to do a podcast? Come on in a live environment. We live stream with her. It was the most amazing day of my blog life. One of a handful. I'm trying to count. One of a handful um, to spend the day on her, online with her. And let me tell you what I loved about her and, and Ruby D. Uh, that whole that whole. Harlem, okay, what I love about the Harlem and the Renaissance and the people who made Harlem what it was, Ruby D, Ozzy Davis, Malcolm X, uh, Bumpy Johnson, all of that, that history of Harlem, what I love about the history of Harlem is, well, I forgot what I was going to say, what I, what I love, but I love it, and uh, what I, I don't, what was I going to say what I love about it, I don't remember, but anyway, oh, what I love about it was, uh, they understood what, they understood the importance of telling the story. And I remember meeting Ruby Dean 
and not having to explain to her as hard as I had to during that, during the early days of, of it wasn't even blogging yet, but during the early days of online publishing, uh, I didn't have to, I didn't have to convince her to talk with me. I didn't have to convince her that I was just as important as everybody else there to interview her. In fact, Ruby D was like, she didn't care about them. She was like, cause they had blacklisted her. Don't come. She was like, don't come to me now. And interesting enough, Ruby D was also in American Gangster and she was also being blacklisted, did not win um, the awards that year for that. And I think she was nominated for an Oscar and uh, she was denied yet again um, because people don't realize that Ruby D and Ozzie Davis were blacklisted because of their ties to the civil rights movement and more particularly because of their ties to Malcolm X. Okay, so that's why you didn't see, that's why, you know, she worked mostly with Spike Lee. I mean, she would gravitate to people she knew who could um, change the world. And, and, and when I had a chance to talk with Ruby D, it was, it was awesome and amazing because she talked about, she let me know the power that I would have in, uh, in, in bringing and in going online. You know, she let me know the power that I would have in having um, my phone, and 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 as a matter of fact, that when I interviewed her, I had a cassette tape. You know, we, this is how this is how early on this thing was. You know, I, I had the cassette tape, and then came the digital. You know, digital wasn't even we were planning to go digital before digital really. We, there were no digital recorders at that time, not affordable ones. Um, so anyway, interviewing her, but then to get this to see this uh, pub, this press release out there. And it, it, I think it had come across on a black press, black press release website. And I contacted Karen Kiana, Karen Kiana's, um, and Karen was, um, a publisher at the time. She, she published self-published and, and, and uh, had some book, book deals and through an et- connection was connected with essence and so forth. And so on part of this renaissance, Karen Kiana is, is still out here. She's was still was passionate about Harlem place. She grew up and was connected to, and she had a connection to, um, Miss Mamie Johnson. And so she set it up for her to come on our podcast. And she loved coming on the podcast because she could speak. She could, she could clearly and concisely. And I was just amazed that here I was, had this opportunity um, to just listen to her and have her talk about this genre, these gangsters, okay, um, that lifestyle, Harlem, hearing about Harlem. And not only that, we did the podcast, and you know if you do a podcast, I think we did a podcast in the very early on stages of Blog Talk Radio, which only gave you uh, about two hours at a time. And so she wasn't finished, <laughs> okay? So the excerpt, if you go on our YouTube, you're only going to get a 10-minute excerpt there. But she spent pretty much the entire podcast with us. Not only that, uh, during that time, Pal Talk, if you don't know about Pal Talk, Pal Talk was a thing. And so Pal Talk allows you to have a live audio vi- video chat room. And so we were able to take her via audio. People were able to hang out in the chat room and listen to us. Like, say, for instance, you guys are what we're doing right now. We were able to do this 10 years ago on Pal Talk. And so I, w- I was doing the podcast. We were playing the podcast for them in the chat room. People had all these questions. And so she decided to, when, once we ended the podcast, she literally came into the chat room. For those of you, that, that would mean like she logged on to the live stream, right? So she came into the podcast and literally spent hours. Now, this woman was in her 90s at the time, right? 
and her mind was amazing in things that she could recall, things that she would recall, and things that she would not recall for us. Um, but she came on and she asked, she answered. Everybody had questions, um, and she answered questions, and she and she openly and honestly answered questions by people from people who had questions about uh, glorifying gangster lifestyle. She uh, answered questions about uh, the difference between those who who trafficked uh, drugs and heroin, heroin, and and those who did what she she was very passionate about people understanding that Bumpy was into bookmaking, the numbers, you know, the numbers running. I, I, in fact, I watched a, a movie the other day on YouTube about the, the numbers. It was called Jive or something like that. And so she was very, she was very outspoken about clarifying those things. And of course, you know, she talked about, you know, the charitable things that gangsters uh, did in the day and how communities had to depend on them um, and, and so forth. And, and, and it was just an interesting conversation from the outside looking in, but I'll forever be tied to that. And, and she refuted and she just didn't like that. There were a number of entertainment vehicles that used their lives as entertainment, uh, but didn't talk to them to tell their stories, you know? And, and, and it was interesting because people who, the same people who were in the room, uh, talking about how black people glorify um, gangsters and, 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 and drug dealers and, and those kinds of things, but are the same people that'll have every copy of The Godfather, you know, the, the Godfather 1, 2, and 3. I just this year watched Godfather. The same people who will glorify Scarface will talk about, you know, uh, Tip having, um, what's that, Trap Museum. You know, well, they got this trap museum and it's glorified, but yet, you know, and I know we need to move, we need to show some redemption in this stuff. And, and, and I hope that we can, and I hope that we do get to that place. And, and I think there is, but it's still, you know, it, it, it's a sour note. It's a sour, it's a, it's a two-headed, two-sided coin on this thing, you know? And, 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 and the thing about it is every question is, is rightfully so. It's, it's right to have any question that you have in anything that we do, it's, it's okay to have to question it. It's okay to question it. But when you only question some and not all, that becomes a problem. And that ties us back to, to Trump, to politics. You know, Democrats and Republicans, neither one is better than the other. We, I mean, I hate having to say the lesser of two evils, but we live in a world, y'all, where evil is just among us, right? And there are these things, there are always these extremes. There are always these extremes that, that are around us, you know. But the majority of us can get away from it. You know, like hearing her, hearing this tale, you know, I didn't grow up in Harlem. I went all of my life and not knowing what any of these drugs actually truly look like. Not knowing, you know, and then, yeah, um, seeing it, knowing that it was happening in the community, but not having that firsthand experience of it, I'm thankful for that. Second degree, okay, third person, yeah, it was there, but the recall that I have today, I can only be thankful. I have, I have a good friend uh, that had a firsthand experience with it, and to this day, I have to thank her because 
it, she didn't pull me in. She did never attempted, never tried. You know, to the point that I didn't even know what that I didn't even know what it was or what was going on. Somebody else had to tell me. Well, you know, that's a sign of this, that, and the other. I'm like, because I didn't know. I still I still don't have as much knowledge on this thing as I did. Even when I did the interview with Miss Mamie Johnson, the late Miss Mamie Johnson, God rest her soul. Um, you know, I could only take what she was saying at first at, at, at what do you call it at um I don't know. I could only take what she was telling me, right? I, but then I'm watching the comments, and there were those who had firsthand experience in that time with these gangsters um, had had very different experiences. But I had to be open to I had to be open to all of it. So that's coming out ten episodes. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, and I think we trust Forrest Whitaker. Ben's in a cringe. I think we trust Forrest Whitaker uh, as well as we trust Denzel. As you know, to be very selective of their roles, to take on these roles, and then try to have some truth. But it, it does say, you know, based on, inspired by. So you know that there once again are going to be liberties. Um, but if you want to, you want if you want a, a, another story to go along with it, some additional background to go along with it, it's out there. You know, don't be afraid. In fact, be willing. Be more than willing. To take on to take on all sides of it, to take on additional information. See, that's where we are in society. When we get when we close the door on additional information, we end up with Trump, right? When we when we say, oh, we don't care what the facts are, or we don't care how it really was, you know, or what's really going on here, you know, you end up with that Trump. I need for us each and every day to always remember. We ended up with Trump. Future generations will forever now on try to figure out how this happened. How this happened. Our refusal of additional information is how this happened. There are people who want to stop and cease, want all investigation to cease because they don't want additional information. Many of them because they're all involved in the additional information. But be that person wanting additional information. I wouldn't be sitting here being able to say that for for the past 17 years of my life, and I'm so trying to make it to 2020, I wouldn't be able to sit here. I'm trying to drive us make it to 2020. Um, I wouldn't be able to sit here and say that I've had 17, enjoyed 17 years if I wasn't that one person that just wanted additional information. I, I see your story you got on the news, but I want some additional information. I know you talked to this publication. I want some additional information. And they would say, good, because I have additional information. They wouldn't let me say this, and they wouldn't let me show that. Right? I'll let you say it. I'm going to let you show it. I'm going to put it all out there. I know they only play eight seconds of it, but I understand it was like a whole hour. Do you know I can publish the whole hour, you know, in, in, in exact words, you know, I remember going up to the police, police chief, you know, we had a, a situation here in Atlanta some years ago, and even we can go do one about yesterday, uh, saying, you know, P- chief, there, there seems to be some additional information. Well, you know, there is some additional information, and this, and I'm trying to get to the bottom of that. And here's how we, and, and I said, but chief, well, I've already kind of gotten to the bottom of it because I spoke to the person that y'all wouldn't, wouldn't speak to. And that person is saying this, and I just need to know, is it true? Yes, it's true. Yes, all, everything they said happened. Okay, well, I'm going to publish all of that, right? Because I understand, you know, we as a society, it's very hard for us to process 
all information, but you know, it is. So going back to you going out before you go buy that case of water, I'm going to need you to go and get some additional information. All right. Just want to take some time and come on here. Oh, we are not even at 30 minutes, y'all. I don't even, and I have some more additional information. Man, that felt like a good, oh, no, 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 no. This is the second part. This is part two. I forgot we had a part one. So let me go ahead and let y'all go and get yourself some additional information. I was about to say, wait a minute, no. Um, But I just wanted to stop on a Saturday morning and buzz it or bash it, buzz it or bash it, binge it or cringe it. You can do that each and every day. You can go to our uh, number of places that you love for us on these various platforms. Or you can do me yourself a favor and subscribe. You can go to dryerbus.com. It's just going to ask for your email address and subscribe. We need the numbers. If you don't want to see us go the way of Ebony and Jet and all of these other uh, black press and and mainstream press, for that matter. If you don't want us to uh, go to dead air like a number of the radio stations are about to do, if you don't want to see us uh, disappear, if you want to see continued stories, continued content, have continued conversation, thanks, Yolanda. Thank you, Tati. Uh, And and shout out, and let me shout out Mediascope. Mediascope. And if you subscribe... Uh, to Dryer Buzz, you probably saw Mediascope in your newsletter this week because we share their broadcast, which happens on Wednesdays. On Wednesdays, everything in news, tech, and pop culture. Check out Mediascope. Mediascope, they just celebrated four years anniversary, their four-year anniversary. So shout out to Mediascope. Tachi uh, um, curates that content from Florida. Y'all, and y'all know it's a lot of stuff going on in Florida where we need additional information, <laughs> okay? Everybody that's telling you something today, I want you to say to them, I need some additional information. Don't take face value. That's what I'm trying to say. Don't just take it all at face value. Go and get yourself some additional information. I am so proud to have been able to bring you additional information. And this, not only in this podcast, but what we do each and every day is give you that little bit of additional information so and think about it you know you saw that picture you saw all those publications out there ran that thumbs up picture of trump and people there were those that said wait a minute we need some additional information whose baby is this and then kind of find out it was some it was an orphan child a child orphan orphan thanks to the rhetoric hate that comes out of our white house and out of our president right Thanks to that person that says, no, we're not going to just run this picture with just this caption. We need additional information. Thank you. Who are these people in this picture with this baby? Does that baby realize his parents are gone and that his life will be changed forever? You know, just like what's, what's the little boy, Elion? Remember the little boy that we talked about our immigrants? Remember they, they, they took the little boy back and, at gunpoint? Thanks so much for the shout out. You're welcome. Remember they took the little boy, Elion, wasn't that his name? And he was forever, you know, they went in at gunpoint to that little boy. Um, his mom, his mom had died trying to bring him to America. He was with his family and the father stayed back and the father was suing for custody. Now, mind you, we have no problem with that. But then to go in and you're standing there with this rifle aimed 
at this family member holding this child. We'll never forget those images. There's so many images that are embedded in us, and so many of us are reacting to that. That's what's going on with us today. We are reacting, 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 reacting all day long. Some of y'all are reacting by going out buying. I'm, I'm reacting to y'all buying this case of water, thinking that that is a Band-Aid on these things that are going on in our society. Stop buying that water. Go donate that money to organizations. There is a legal defense fund right now to help these people find a pathway to their citizenship. Now, you think if you give them a, a, a helping pathway to citizenship or a case of water, which one do you think they want? Fix it where they're no longer thirsty. Okay? And, and, I mean, and, and they're living in places where other people, there was a, when I first started blogging, I'm going to get out of here, but when I first started blogging, I did a story on a young woman who was raising money for transportation. You know what she was raised? She wanted buses. You know what she wanted buses for? Because there were places right here in Georgia, between Georgia and Alabama, there were places in Georgia and Alabama where people who didn't have the additional information thought they were still in slavery. They thought they still had to remain on such plantations. They were still working, not working, they were still slaving on plantations. And this woman, all because I was going through some press release and I saw her press release because, you know, people, a lot of press releases get ignored. Um, but I saw her press release. She was raising money to get to transport people to go to this town and provide transportation for these people to bring them out of these towns where they thought that they were still enslaved. And this was in 2003. Somewhere around 2003. All right. All she needed was to raise money. She had she had gone and they had, they had convinced these people that slavery was over, and all she needed was now was the mon- raising f- money to b- go get the buses and go down and get them and bring them to the city, and and house them. She it's like you'd be surprised what the needs are. You'd be surprised. And that $2.99 that you are spending on a case of water could help do so much when it comes to supporting these organizations. All right? All right. And I hate, I'm not trying to hurt the sale of water because apparently y'all are buying enough that it's polluting our oceans. Plastic is polluting our ocean and our lands. Okay? But anyway... I'm just saying, binge, buzz it or bash it. You can buzz it or bash. And let me say this one, and I don't, I don't do disclaimers. But if when I say buzz it or bash it, okay, you get a chance to buzz it. If you buzz it, just buzz it. You ain't got to bash the bashers. Just buzz it, okay. When I say binge it or cringe it, you don't have to cringe. You can binge it. It's just, it's a call to action. It's just a discussion. You can even provide some additional information all right all right as you see on your screen there it says dryerbus.com all you got to do is follow and subscribe and there's just one last thing that we can do as we are headed into this fall uh we'll be headed back into the kitchen it's too hot y'all but we'll be headed back into the kitchen as the temperature starts to drop when the temperature gets about 85 (laughs) degrees these 95 degree days it's hard going in the kitchen trying to find something to cook Uh, but when the temperature gets back to about 85 degrees, we'll be back 
in the kitchen for a new episode. Y'all can see us make that mac and cheese, those good greens, casseroles, quiches, all of that stuff uh, will be uh, in, in fact, I think this weekend I'm probably going to do the cinnamon rolls. We tried to do that. We were going to start the cinnamon rolls the other night, but again, it's too hot and you can't be baking in a hot can. Like turn that oven on, uh, and, and the dough, the dough will not. In fact, the dough is not going to come out right. If you you got to have the, you, it's got to be the perfect, 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 perfect scenario. So we are uh, going to do the cinnamon rolls because we're back to school. We want to talk about some some back to school snacks. I know he's like cinnamon rolls. Cinnamon rolls, we want, we want to send the kids, we want the kids to be happy. Let them know they're doing a great job. Uh, so we're definitely going to make the, the cinnamon rolls, but the temperature needs to come down a little bit on that. Um, wherever you catch this, there is more. And also let you know, we do these live on our Facebook page at Dryer Buzz. It then becomes this wonderful podcast that you are hearing. If you catch it on the replay or as a podcast, let me know and uh, that you're out there and then make sure you go and subscribe. Just one more thing, and that is... Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz.